Welcome to the Woman of Wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food, love her body, and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, it's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself, beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself and I'm here to help you discover it. Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, I am so excited for this episode today. I have lovely Emily joining us from Anywhere Nutrition, and we are going to be talking about cravings. And I'm actually really excited because this was kind of something we had been talking back and forth about some ideas about what we could talk about and what people need. And when you brought up this concept of like cravings um, and what to do about them and all of that, I just thought we need this because I get this question a lot. So before we do anything else, Will you please just introduce yourself to us and tell us more about what you do because you do some amazing things and I want everyone to hear. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this this topic. I think it's a really, really good one. Um, so uh, my name is Emily Neiswanger. I'm out of Minneapolis, Minnesota and I am an integrative and functional nutrition dietitian. So I went the traditional route with getting being trained in dietetics. I have a four-year degree in dietetics and I did a dietetic internship. I also went on and got a master's degree in nutritional science and studied actually quite a bit of childhood obesity in the process. Um, But I ended up working mostly with adults, which is great because they influence their children. Um, But this integrative and functional medicine piece uh, came about four or five years ago, or maybe like six years ago now, it's amazing. Um, and it's allowed me to look at nutrition and food and health and just an absolute, just a different lens than my conventional teaching. And it's really always about helping people who maybe they feel unwell, they want their health to be different, they want their, you know, their body to feel different. And it's getting to the root cause of the issue. So if someone is having a particular symptom, we're not looking for a way to cover it up, um, pretend it's not happening. We are looking for the root cause of the issue. How do we get back to when things were more in balance? Or how can we figure out what caused us to go off balance? And I think cravings are, cravings are a symptom. It's kind of a red flag the body is, is waving and saying, someone pay attention to me, something is wrong. Um, and, and I think that allows you then to take back more of the power. So I, I 
love talking about the topic of cravings and and mindfulness. I just did a presentation to a group out on the East Coast about this last week, and it was such a great discussion. So I'm excited to dive into it. Absolutely. I think it'll be really a really good discussion as well. And and I love, you know, hearing the work that you're doing and and the whole concept is really about getting our bodies back to a balance that allows us to show up in the best way that we can. And at the end of the day, that's what this discussion I hope will lead us to do, you know, is to help all of us feel like we can, you know, if we get off balance, we can get back to whatever balance looks like for us. I know that's a a description for everyone (laughs) or whatever the word is, but um, recognizing that that's really the goal is we're trying to we're not sitting here saying cravings are good or bad or anything like that, but recognizing that they're a signal, exactly what you said, and an opportunity mm-hmm. to say something's off in my body. How can I use this signal mm-hmm. as an opportunity to learn and get back to balance? Yes, so, like reconnect with our bodies. We have lost so much connection with what signals our body is telling us. If we're someone who, cur- you know, recurrently gets infections or is you know, always has the, you know, catches the cold. Why are you always getting sick? What is out of balance in the body? Are you not sleeping enough? Is it the foods that you're eating? Is it the lack of movement? It's lack of purpose. It's really digging deep in. If the body is really telling you something is wrong there, if we listen, it will tell us exactly what we need to do. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the, I guess you'd maybe say core values around here is that I really believe every woman is capable of knowing the needs of her own body. So our goal today is to help you understand what cravings are in your life. So let's just start there. Will you tell us a little bit more about the science behind cravings and kind of why, you know, traditionally we crave quote junk (laughs) more, (laughs) you know, the science behind cravings is kind of interesting. So some people believe that you can become addicted to certain food. You're you know, addicted to sugar. You're addicted to um, uh, dairy products and, or whatever, you know, ice cream and, and milk or, you know, you just cheese, you just, you crave it and you have no control. And I think that, I think that loses the aspect of power you have like that it's out of your control if you put it into that box if that makes any sense and that you know you are a a victim to something that's happening to you and I I don't know I disagree with cravings being that way only because of my many years of experience with working with people especially women one-on-one of I bet if we do X, Y will happen. And it almost does every single time. And it's figuring out for that individual what that what is out of balance. So is it the environment that you live in or you work in? Is it an imbalance of nutrients in the body or an imbalance of sleep, like energy sleep balance? Because if we're tired, what's our body gonna tell us to do? Go find something sweet to bring our energy up, um, and and let's pretend again that this the fatigue doesn't exist. So the body is, it's it's in survival mode. Um, there also can be underlying infection reasons. So we can have an overgrowth of certain bacteria or fungus actually in our digestive tract, 
that can cause us to crave sugar rich foods because that is what feeds the, that bacteria and also feeds the, the, the fungus in our digestive tract. So candida is a uh, one and um, bacterial overgrowth in the small bowel can be another one. So we feel this intense craving and when we treat those conditions, we can see cravings come down pretty significantly, which is incredible. Um, and then I would also just say lack of awareness, lack of connection with our food, where it comes from, why we eat what we eat, um, how much we eat, what do we like about what we eat, what do we not like about what we eat. We have lost this mindfulness connection with, you know, if we find ourselves going through the Starbucks drive through in the morning to get a caramel macchiato, do we ever pause to really think, what do we actually like about it? What do we not like about it? Would you drink a cup of black coffee or are you only drinking it because it's doctored up with caramel and whipped cream? And it's, it's, you're using it more like a drug than you are enjoying yourself a cup of coffee. Is that, you know, and then again, that's not saying it's good or bad, but then you have to decide, is that serving you well yeah. in that, you know, and if you don't feel it's serving you well, then it's, making the decision to what needs to change. So that's a long-winded answer of the science behind cravings is I honestly think it's in an imbalance of the environment you live in, either something that's physiologically going on in the body, whether it's a deficiency, an imbalance of nutrients and infection, or it's overall just the lack of awareness that your body is taking you on this roller coaster ride with cravings. Yeah, I love that. I, I also agree that a lot of addiction, addictive, per, uh, not personality, addictive um, behaviors come as a result of behaviors, right? And, and so mm -hmm. the addiction feels so strong because it is connected to a behavior. And yes. that's where that feeling comes from of like being addicted to it. Yes. Yes. That's where I, I would connect that to awareness of, do you find yourself craving sugar when you watch a TV show in the evening, you know, and that's tied to another habit of routinely in the evening, you sit down and you watch a show and then you think that at that same time you need to have a bowl of ice cream. This is just a habit that you've formed. And then again, if you recognize that this is something that isn't serving you well because then you don't sleep well or you get acid reflux or you're gaining unwanted weight or whatever it is that you find that isn't working for you, then it's figuring out Am I actually hungry at that time? And, and then making the decision of what else you want to do. Yeah. And you kind of brought in that concept. This is something that I tell people, usually number one, I want to know if you agree with me. Um, if you are struggling with cravings, I think one of the best places to start is to learn to honor your hunger and fullness because a lot of times cravings come when you're not honoring those bodies, the body's physiological needs. Would you agree? Or do you yeah. have one that oh, you absolutely. would say? No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think like for an example, intermittent fasting is an amazing tool, but I don't believe that it's for everyone. And again, I, it's a tool, it's a tool, it's a tool. It's something in our toolbox we can pull out um, for different reasons. But if you are, intermittent fasting, say you're skipping breakfast in the morning, and then you're finding that all afternoon, you're just craving and, 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 and snacking constantly. Is that really serving you well to your purpose of what you're, you're looking for, of whatever health change that you want? Uh, probably not. So 
for that person, you know, having a well-rounded breakfast that is balanced might actually correct what you were trying to fix in the first place, which many women go to intermittent fasting as a weight loss solution. Um, I use it for other reasons, more for, for um, mental health and clarity, but again, it's not for everyone. So when you, you, if you use it for weight loss, thinking it's a way to promote body change, but then you find yourself increased cravings and um, snacking all afternoon, are you really getting to your goals, you know, developing good habits from that? Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing that these tools come as a result of um, having a healthy relationship with food, right? I think sometimes yeah. yes. we are very prone to, you know, like, oh, someone did tell me intermittent fasting works, but they they didn't really see what it's working for. Like I used to have a boss who had the busiest schedule of, I can't even, I can't even think about it because it was so busy. And he said, I do intermittent fasting because I literally have no time <laughs> to mm. do breakfast or lunch. And he's just like, I just get all my calories in a dinner and it works for my body. And I think, you know what? You're male, first of all. <laughs> which I feel yeah, like that's a little bit, totally different, a little yep. different um, physiology there, but um, recognizing like when we say that these things are tools, they come in because there's that healthy relationship with food and knowing that you're not going to like be starving and craving later because you're using that as a tool. Absolutely. And if anyone, you know, this obviously isn't a podcast about intermittent fasting, but no one should go into intermittent fasting in a nutrient deficit state. It should be all about balance for months before intermittent fasting is ever used as a tool because it is a state of deprivation for the body. So if you go in already deprived and if you also are very stressed, it is a recipe for adrenal fatigue disaster in the body. It just, you know, a punch to the thyroid for women. And that's the last thing that we need. So (laughs) We probably all have a lot of, a little punch to our thyroid already. A lot of yeah. us. <laughs> I know they are definitely punching bags. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we talk a lot about intuitive eating around here and, and we discuss that concept of all foods are allowed, right? So recognizing that we bring, we can have access to all the foods around us. And when we allow that, it kind of, it sort of takes away that desperation or that like red button syndrome, right? Like if if you can't push it, you want to push it. How do you balance the idea of like allowing all foods with the idea of feeling like these cravings are so strong that you want to overeat? So a lot of women get in this place of, okay, well, I want to bring in food and, and you talk a lot about mindful eating. And so I really want to like, I want to make sure I have a happy relationship with all food, Mm -hmm. but how do I how do I control the cravings when, if, if I don't say like, I can't have this, does that question make sense? Yeah. I think working with a professional to go through some of those foods that you feel need to be off limits is a good first step. So, um, so even something as simple as eggs, like you know, I, you know, I'd love to eat eggs for breakfast, but they're terrible for my cholesterol. Well, actually, if you saw a health professional, you know, especially an integrated trained dietitian, we would tell you that there's no science to support that. That has been a recommendation that has actually been lifted from the USDA since 2015, but they didn't shout it from the mountaintops and many people still don't know, but is working through some of those misconceptions. So 
if you have certain foods that are off limits because you've heard X, Y, or Z about them, let's work through that and figure out, hey, are you avoiding a certain food because you have a family history of breast cancer and there's research to support staying away from something or eating something else? That's a great motivation. That's a good why um, to eat certain foods, more of certain foods and less of maybe others. Um, but if it's just you know, diet um, information you've read on social media or on a blog or heard on Dr. Oz, whatever it is, which it could be correct information, but again, it always should be personalized. So I think working through that with a professional is a great first step of what foods do you have food fears around or rules around that you've created and are those rules valid? Yeah. Most of, you know, most of them can fit. Um, cause it's all or nothing, um, attitude and also this, you know, cheat day mentality type of thing is not serving anyone well. And it doesn't last for very long before, you know, we throw in the towel and we go back to our old ways, which is not what we were looking for. So I would say first work with a professional. The second would be to, to assess I'd go like two, you could go two ways. So you, you could first understand your habits. So this mindful eating, intuitive eating piece is there in order to help you understand why you eat, what you eat or drink when you eat it. So if you, if you find yourself again, like the example of, of uh, snacking in the evening or maybe around two or three o'clock in the afternoon is a common time for people to pause and take a snack break or something. And if you think like, oh, I shouldn't be snacking, this is terrible, or, you know, why can't I stay on track and, and um, you know, just stick to my three meals like I'm supposed to, um, I would take a closer look and think, all right, if you eat lunch at noon and then you don't eat again till 6.30 or seven, that's a massive gap of time. So there's actually a great opportunity in between that time window there to plan in a snack, which is where my passion for you know meal planning and having an idea of what you're going to have in that window comes along. And that's when you could plan in some of these things of homemade you know chocolate protein bites or something, if you're a sweets person, or if you're like me, like salty things, um, it's, you know, olives and hummus or crackers and hummus or something crunchy, salty. Um, and you can like plan in the things that you enjoy and make space for them in your day so that it doesn't feel so out of control that you just went into your kitchen and you just opened up a box of crackers and a container of hummus. And you just kind of went at it and didn't really ever think about what were you doing there and, and why. You kind of planned ahead a little bit of you know that is a big gap of time. I should, it's a good idea to have a snack at that time. But if you find yourself doing something, let's say you eat dinner and you just immediately want something sweet after dinner, which I, I hear that one a lot, like it, you know, surrounded around sugar and they want they want sugar. Um it's thinking why, like why do you feel did you eat enough for dinner? Did you eat enough earlier in the day? Um, and when I say eat enough, it's not just calories. It's a balance of protein and with fat and with carbohydrates. It is a meal that contains all of those nutrients, which is why I think 
the meal plans that I write can be so different from a lot of other ones because as a dietitian, that's what I'm taking into consideration. It is the nutrient balance that's going to make you feel good, not just hitting a certain calorie goal. So it's not about calories. It's not about being low fat. It's all about having that balance because when you have that balance, cravings go down, you feel satisfied and you feel the energy difference. Like the, the, the fatigue all day long tends to go away when you eat more balanced meals. Um, and then your cravings just start to diminish. So again, cravings to me are, in, in my experience, are a symptom of imbalance. So again, if we're if we're eating low carb meals all day long as a way to lose weight, you know, there's a little room in there for carbohydrates. So maybe we need to add more carbohydrates to your dinner so you are fuller and then your, your craving afterwards, you know, doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that it'll never come back because there isn't, there isn't a perfection in that. Um, but the, the last part that I would add in there is setting up your environment for success. So if you, I don't care who you are, if you love sweets or not, but if you have a pan of brownies on your kitchen table or on your countertop in your kitchen, and that's a, you know, a gateway to get from one side of your house to the other, and you're constantly walking past it, you're going to take a bite every time you walk through your kitchen. I don't, it doesn't really matter who you are. Uh, it's, and you don't even you probably won't even realize whether you are hungry or not, or even if it sounds good to you, it's just looking at you. It's like a candy dish in your office or that your you know, office neighbor has. And every time you walk past it, you're like, oh, M&Ms, I'm gonna have some M&Ms. And so I think also setting up your environment so that you, you know, your countertops are cleaned off that you're sweet. If you baked a pan of brownies, which I'm not against, brownies are my favorite. They're up maybe in a cupboard or they're in the refrigerator, or maybe you even freeze them so that you can have them intermittently. Um, so that you have to pause and think, I want a brownie to go into the cupboard and grab it. And not that it's something that you just walked past, had a piece of it, ate it mindlessly. And now you, know, you have a stomach ache or now you're, um, you know, you're not hungry for a full dinner. And now that's, you know, you're not going to probably eat balanced and it's going to create a different vicious cycle later on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, you don't know that you did this, but you just outlined my food freedom program. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, it's, it's, it's awesome to hear that. Like it's so powerful. That we're like on the same page. Right. And that yes. this stuff actually works. And so much of wellness and I know you I know you're going to agree with this is that so much of wellness is like everybody thinks it's about like following the tips right just mm -hmm. like doing what they tell you to do but we're saying no like come in let's talk about where like let's get connected with your body here and yes. let's listen to your body and then let's meet it's we talk about this in the program we talk about meeting our biological needs and we talk about eating our emotion or not eating, um, honoring our yes. emotional needs. And how do we like create that? How do we make meals satisfying to us? You know, how do we make them satisfying physiologically, like with nutrients and how do we satisfy our needs? Like, like you said, you know, maybe you have times where you like crunchy or in the summer, who wants a soup, but in the winter, like, yes, what can you put together? And so I just, I, I love that you just brought all that in <laughs> because yeah, and I mean, freedom it's complex. <laughs> yes, what? 
it's kind of complex, but just again, that, that first step of just increasing awareness and recognizing that you do hold the power. If you're sick and tired of feeling the way that you feel from whatever foods seem to be running your life, you're not stuck. You are not stuck. Um, you know, uh, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, they don't have you tricked for the rest of your life. You have the control. Um, and it's really, it's, it's just setting up the right steps along the way so that it's easier for you to make that, that decision. But I, I really think it has to come from, it's sad, but sometimes it has to come from just being sick and tired of feeling a certain way. And um, if you don't feel that way yet, it can be hard to make that decision. You can know the information of, of you know, drinking pop all day long is not good for me, but you might not recognize the way that it's, it's, it's impacting your health until it's like, you know, a glaring migraine that doesn't go away or it's, it's elevated blood sugars or it's high cholesterol and it's, oh, okay, this is, this is a big deal. I really need to think about this. My goal for people is to really recognize it before the red flags are, are waving. So, um, and find balance. So, you know, for, especially for like my pop lovers, like just try to maybe, you know, having it in your house is probably going to make it impossible for you to say no to it. I, I don't know how I could do that, but maybe when you go to a restaurant once a month, that's when you have your favorite caffeinated beverage or something, you know, a Pepsi or something. And, and it's just, maybe that's a healthier way to have a balance with it. And, or maybe for you, it's just cutting it out forever. You don't find that it serves you anymore. You don't, and then you don't even, uh, it doesn't even sound good to you. So yeah. And that can happen. I think that's something really important for people to understand. Because one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, how do we get rid of the cravings? And I think you've really answered a lot of it. Like, I think, you know, a lot of this has come about because of this discussion. And I think it's really important to recognize that you, your tastes can change and that's okay. And mm -hmm. a lot of people here know that I've been working on kind of like a gluten-free, dairy-free lifestyle because of some of my own symptoms that yeah. happened a couple of years ago. And at first, like, oh, missing bread, it's awful, right? And like cheese, I never thought I found a good replacement with cheese, but got in the, in the last like probably three or four months, I've noticed that things have changed for me. Like I've tried the bread again and it, it just mm -hmm. wasn't quite as satisfying as it used to be. And, and sometimes it's hard for people to hear that like, oh, well, uh, I'll never get there or whatever, but recognizing that when that your taste buds and things can change yes we don't always get rid of those cravings necessarily like they're, they're some of them are still there and they could be emotional cravings or physical mm. cravings but recognizing that yeah like things can change and I think you brought a really good discussion in there that you're if you are addicted to soda right now it's absolutely possible that as you start to meet your body's needs, you just may not feel that drive for it. Yeah. And that's okay, and that's good. <laughs> yes. I think that what you said too about when you started going gluten-free and dairy-free, like the, the substitute things just weren't the same. And I think a lot of people get caught up there as well is if I go off of diet, if I go off regular pop, I you know, and then switch to carbonated water, I mean, they're not even kind of equal yeah, in no. taste or experience at all. So 
if you're trying to replace something one-on-one -on -one like that or with a diet food or a low calorie food or a no like no calorie type of thing i really strongly recommend staying away from stuff like that if you don't you know have to i get like an exchange like for a regular bread and a gluten-free bread if you can find one that you like um but trying to find, you know, again, going from like regular pop to diet pop or going from real brownies to like cauliflower made brownies. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you can still enjoy brownies, but intermittently and maybe from your favorite break bakery and it's every couple of months or something, instead of, you know, having a pan of brownies on your countertop wasn't, if it wasn't serving you well, and you want to cut that that habit, because again, you don't feel like it's helping you to get to your goals and, and hit your why, then um, then that might be a better stepping stone than, you know, making brownies with fake sugar, um, because I don't think that will ever, I, that rarely satisfies people long-term. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. if you think about it, every time you try to make that substitute, yeah, like real sugar versus the fake sugar, they're just different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I always tell people that are just trying to find more balance between how many processed foods they eat and real foods. And they're just like, I just, you know, I like, can I never have dessert at, at, you know, ever? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet you have an aunt or a grandma that makes uh, a pumpkin pie that's just unlike anything you ever ha you've had. Like, I would never ask anybody to give something like that up. That is where where desserts and like there's just so much more love in food like that and appreciation it's just a different level than going into a gas station and buying um you know some packaged sweet or something versus your aunt's you know made from scratch pumpkin pie you know yeah so um yeah so there just there has to be balance there and and also trying not to replace, um, you know, if you're someone who makes apple pies every year and you give them out to neighbors and friends and family, like don't go from having your original recipe to switching everything to diet and low calorie as a way to reverse your diabetes or to lower weight or whatever you're trying to do, like make your original recipe the way that it was intended to be made and let's learn strategies about how to enjoy that in moderation instead of, you know, modifying it to something that is, it wasn't in the first place. Yeah. I love that. And I think, I think that's a really great segue into kind of chatting about practical approach to food um, because you teach a lot about meal planning and prep. And I yeah. talk a lot about the emotional and mental side of food, but there's this huge component of that practical lifestyle, right? So can you just tell us, um, maybe, you know, like, what does it look like to have a good plan in place for that woman who wants to have the good relationship with food, but also wants to bring in that practical side? Because if, yes. if we don't have something prepared or planned, that's when we tend to go for yes. things because the cravings come in because we allow ourselves to get hungry, right? Yes. Yes. Too hungry. It's, yes. it's good to feel hunger because I think also the fear of hunger is something that keeps us like snacking all day long and it's good to get hungry, but not to get too hungry. But yes, you're, I love all the points that you made. I would say having a plan. So meal planning is something that I started teaching myself 
Wow. Uh, when, just after we got married. So uh, we've been together, we've been married seven years now, and it was a way for us to just get like organized on the same plate. And it's now evolved into a way that I basically waste zero food every single week and um, a way for us to stay organized and really just simplify our nutrition um, and keep our health super consistent. So when it comes to meal planning, um, you know, there's, there's a, such a spectrum and you have to know where you're at. Like you've never done it before. It's so important to start slow. And just the thought of if someone were to ask you what's for dinner tonight and you don't know, just starting there, having an idea of what, what are you going to eat for dinner tonight so that you already have the groceries at home or they're being delivered or something that just takes so much weight off of your shoulders versus I don't know what's for dinner tonight. I'm, maybe I'll figure it out when I get home. And then, you know, if you're tired from working all day and um, maybe you have, you know, little children too, or also hungry, then you might end up going out to a restaurant or you might end up ordering in. And again, those two acts are not terrible things to do, but if you find that you do them a lot, you're not, you're going to end up not feeling well. That's when, again, red flags, symptoms start to occur of fatigue and digestive issues and we don't sleep well because we are not controlling the ingredients that go into our body, how foods are prepared, the oils that are used, the quantities served to us. We lose a lot of that control. So when I teach people how to meal plan, I always have them start with where do they feel out of balance the most? So if it's, they get up in the morning and they are just rushing, rushing, rushing and, and skipping breakfast. Well, what can we do? What could we do the day before? Or so say this, say this happens, you know, come Monday morning because you work maybe a Monday through Friday schedule. What could you possibly do on Sunday that could help prepare you come Monday so that that weight is already taken off of your shoulders? And it doesn't need to be being in the kitchen for two to three hours. It could be um, I, like, find all the ingredients to throw together yogurt parfaits. And so it's, and what I teach is again, all about balance. So it's not just yogurt and strawberries, but it's, it's um, yogurt, it's strawberries, it's nuts, it's seeds, it's a balance of grain, it's, uh, it's spices, cinnamon, vanilla. So it's, you're creating this meal that is actually really going to fill you up and satisfy you. And that's, I think the difference between grabbing a granola bar and running out the door and actually putting a little bit more thought into what you're going to have. And come Monday morning, you could grab your yogurt parfait, uh, you know, you put it in a mason jar, you prepared it in 10 minutes the day before, and it's ready to go for you maybe for three days. And then maybe the rest of the week is uh, you make a batch of hard boiled eggs on a Wednesday night and you have that with crackers and veggie sticks, you know, unconventional breakfast, but still very satisfying. And, um, and basically no cook and it's ready to go for the rest of your week. So then you get to decide when you're going to eat it and how much you're going to eat of it, but you don't have to decide the what, but probably the most frustrating part for a lot of people is what am I going to eat? And then when there is not an option it ends up either being skipped or coffee um, or your Starbucks drink um, or a granola bar that leaves you only satisfied for about 45 minutes and then you eat again, um, you get more control back. And it's, yeah. it's just like, it's literally like a sigh of just, just fresh air of, oh, 
that is just taken off of my shoulders. And then over time, over months, I have people then add in the next step of, okay, what would be the next best thing that would help you out? Okay, family dinners, so let's work on family dinners. So um, yeah, so that's kind of where I start with taking back the control and feeling like you have power in the situation because we do. Uh, we all have 15, 20, 30 minutes somewhere in there to do a little bit of prep ahead of time. It's just some people just need the ideas given to them. And that's what I do inside of the membership. I give you all the balanced breakfast ideas and lunches and dinners and snacks. And then you get to decide and prioritize what's most important to you and what you need to help you be on track for your week. Yeah, I love that. And we're definitely going to be talking about your meal planning membership because it's so wonderful. Let me ask this question. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to kind of say, I love that you brought the whole concept of choice. And I think sometimes it's really easy when you make the choice ahead of time. So when you go buy the foods that you want to eat, the choice has already been made for you that like, those are the foods we're going to eat, right? So it, mm -hmm. it almost eliminates that choice. And especially when you prepare them and have them ready, it further eliminates the having to choose in the moment. And we all know yes. when we want to wake up early to go to the gym and none of our clothes are ready and our shoes are lost yeah. and our keys are lost and we wake up and it's early and we're like, should I go to the gym? That's like the question that ends up keeping us in bed, right? And exactly. so it's the same concept for um, food, really. It's very similar yes. when we make that choice ahead of time. And I love that you brought that in. Tell me though, I'm going to, I know there's someone out there that's probably feeling this. Well, Emily, like you do this for a living and like, you're good at this and you get all the science behind it and all of that stuff. What do you say to the woman who's just like overwhelmed and feels like she doesn't even know where to start. Maybe she's stuck in diet culture of like having someone else tell her what to eat and when to eat and how much to mm. eat. What does she do when she's just like, I don't even know where to start with meal planning and prepping and all of that. Yeah, such a good question. I recently compared this to like running a marathon. So if if someone is saying, no, one of my goals in life is maybe in, again, we could use a 5K, a more um, attainable goal, but say it's a marathon. And so what are you gonna do if you wanna run a marathon? You know, you have to train for it and you get a rough idea of how much like expectations of time, how long it's going to take to be, prepared to run the marathon that you want to run. So you could think about that in context of, I wanna be more organized with my nutrition and feel more on track. What's a realistic timeline for me to get there? And then what do I need in order to, to do that? And do I wanna do this all on my own? Do I wanna set aside time to plan and you know, write it all out on my own? Or do I wanna buy, you know, buy a plan and maybe hire a coach? And which is what some people do, which is what I kind of what I did my first time I ran a marathon. but Week after week, if I come to, if I know every week for my marathon training, I need to gradually get in more and more miles, but every day I wake up and I have no idea of what, you know, when I'm going to get my run in, I didn't think about, will I have a busy evening or will I be able to do it before work? I'm not a morning person, so that's not going to happen. Um, and so I didn't, if I didn't have a plan, I'm going to get to the end of my day and it's going to get pushed off and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be running. And then come my weekend where I'm supposed to be putting in my biggest miles to get me prepared. If I don't, if I don't eat at the right time, if I'm not stretched, if, if, if I said yes to a different event, and then I'm not going to be home to go on my run. 
um, I'm never going to get the correct training in in order to run this marathon. And no one can do that part of that work but me. No one can run my miles for me. And the same thing comes back to the meal plan. Like people can provide you with tools and wisdom and encouragement along the way. But in the end, you have to change your lifestyle around on um, around executing this. So with, when it comes to the meal plan with getting started, I think it's really important to acknowledge your why. So why do you want to run a marathon? Like why is, uh, why is changing up your nutrition something that you want to do? And either it's, for most people, it's they want to change something in the now. Like they don't like the way something in like their life is functioning right now, whether it's the chaos of coming home from work and children and not having, you know, something ready to go, or it's, they don't feel good about their body. I like to motivate people to think about the future of, you know, my family, tons of heart disease, dementia, um, uh, breast cancer. I think about those things. And in order to prevent those, I know there's research to support eating certain ways. And that's what motivates me to make the decisions that I make 80% of the time, 20% of the time, just you know, not planned. So you have to remember your why and why you're doing it. Um, and if it's, I'm doing this because it's going to help me to have less chaos in the future when it comes to getting dinner on the table for my kids. So if I put in the work this week, it's going to get easier in the future. And I put in this you note know, after the next week. And as soon as you dip your toes in and you play around with a little bit, it starts to get easier. It's less scary. So think about Anything that you do now routinely that used to be really scary and you never thought you would be able to do or were intimidated by and what happened? You just practiced and it got easier and it got easier. You fell off track, you jumped right back in and it got easier and it got easier and you fell off track again. So that's, I mean, that's normal, that's life. So expect to fall off track. You should fall off track. It's a good learning experience we get kind of caught up in this perfection of, you know, if it's not like this, then I'm just going to quit. And that's not life. Um, so I say, I would say that it's just deciding like, what is not working for you? What is your why? And then pencil in the time. So when is your training time? When is the time that you're going to do a little bit of prep, a little bit of, you know, um, uh, just even picking out the recipes that you want for your week. And then it's just executing and practicing. Um, and that's, that's at least how I see it fall into place for most people, but people lose their way along the way when they forget what their why is, because we, we really want instant gratification, which you can get from nutrition. It's like going to bed early tonight and tomorrow you feel like amazing. Why don't I do this every night? And so if you eat a good breakfast tomorrow morning, you realize the rest of your day goes really well. You have very few cravings that can catapult you into the next day of I'm going to eat breakfast again, because dang, that made a huge difference. And that's what I see most often. So remembering that and then building on it. Absolutely. And <laughs> can I leave the, can I say, take the weight loss discussion off the table of the why, I guess, you know, I think sometimes. Oh, please. Yes. Absolutely. You know, a lot of uh, meal planning is all about weight loss. And I really think yes. the more that we infuse it with nutrition and being like, I'm trying to meet my body's needs, then it just, the weight loss isn't 
as important. I know that sounds weird. And we talk a lot about putting weight loss on a shelf and pulling it out at times when you're ready and need it. And you're right. Like weight loss requires your body to be in a deficit and deficit means deficit of energy and nutrients. Mm -hmm. Like and we're not supposed to stay there for a long time. So no. a lot of times I think women meal plan for the idea of body change, like physical body yes. change. But I love that you're bringing in this discussion of like emotional body change of like mm -hmm. feeling better and showing up for your life better. And, you know, yeah. one of the things that I decided a long, a while ago was that I actually want food to be more a part of my life. I actually would like to spend more time in the kitchen. I'm I love in a place that. with littles in my house right now. So, yes. you know, they pull on my legs and it's just not realistic sometimes for me to have like the meals mm -hmm. that I would love, but I do the best that I can. And I love that you're bringing this discussion of do the best that you can run the marathon at the pace that works for you. Yes. Yes. You don't have to yes. finish first. You don't have to be the fastest, but you're on the path. And that is wonderful. And there's so yes. much beauty in that. Absolutely. I, that's, I actually posted about that last week on Instagram. I said, basically our society wastes way too much time and energy trying to be skinny and not enough time trying to be healthy. And, and I just talked about how there's a huge difference between the two, because if you are, I work with plenty of people in smaller bodies that don't have any energy, they don't sleep well, they have acne, they have digestive issues, they, um, um, Oh, what's the other one I see? It, it just stress overload and uh, they just don't feel well. So there's just so low guarantee that a certain body size is going to equal a certain level of health. And I think when you, when people focus on the other non-scale victories, then they really learn that maybe, maybe weight loss will come as a as a result, maybe it won't, you know, because weight gain is usually a symptom of inflammation, which comes from not moving your body, not sleeping well, not eating adequate nutrition, being stressed out to the walls. Um, maybe weight loss will come as a result of that, but let's not make it the focus because if you hit your weight goal and you don't sleep at night and you have no energy, what's the point? Yeah. You know, you can't show up in the best way for your life and you can do that outside of weight. You know, we can, you can do that in the weight that you're in. Um, but when you don't feel good, you can't do that. Yes. You know? Yes. Plenty so, of people who have done that weight loss journey will share that information. If you ask them, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We want to hear a little bit more about email planning membership because I know it's great. <laughs> and I want to, <laughs> I want you to share. I love, I think sometimes there's just this, like I'm busy and I wish that I just had someone I had a coach or I, I mean, even someone like helping tell me, okay, I'm running the marathon. What do I need to run today? What do I need to run tomorrow? And that's, I think really what your membership does um, is kind of guides you along like, okay, these are some ideas and these are things that you can do today and tomorrow to get prepped. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I wanted to share more about that. So the meal plan membership came out of again, me working with people for years and years and years and just struggling with the piece of, you know, uh, I know this information, I don't have the time to put the plan together. Um, but if, if it was constructed, which I've helped people do kind of one-on-one -on -one plans in the past, they don't do that with any more nutrition, but, um, if they had a plan, just give me the ideas that are balanced and I will, I'll, I'll do it. I'll make the time. And 
I've seen just some amazing transformations from it. So the meal plan membership um, opens about three times a year for registration. So you can't join um, at any time. And the reasoning for that is just so that it's the, when you come in, you get more one-on-one -on -one attention. I actually offer one-on-one, -on -one, um, like a quick, like 15 minute um, session just to see where your, what your goals are and where you wanna go with the memberships. And just so I can be of a you know, good support to you. And then we have a community where you can ask questions. Um, but the membership, there's an app and there's also a website platform where you would get a brand new menu every single week. So you can go in and grab whatever you need. Again, if it's just the breakfast, if it's just new dinner ideas, if it's just new snacks for that week, you can come and grab what you want and you can leave all the rest. Um, so you don't have to every single week do the entire thing. I don't even usually do the entire thing, uh, but I, I use it for the same, um, same purpose of you know just finding ideas and balance. And I often will repeat recipes if it just hit a good, you know, we hit a good groove with it one week and we'll repeat it for the next week. And that's the other really cool thing is that you, and you try it once and the second time it's even easier. Maybe you don't even have to read the recipe the second time. Um, and it's getting you out of that rut of, we eat the same dinners, we eat the same breakfast over and over again. It gets some variety in. I also really love introducing people to different spices, different cultural meals, different, um, you know, there's fish in there. Some people really don't, they don't think they like fish, but it's often the way that they have prepared it in what seasonings they have or have not used on it. And I love opening people's eyes to, I recently had a, a recipe on the menu. It was a salmon with um, purple cabbage and you just pan seared both of them together. And it sounds like that could have no flavor to it, um, but actually just the oils and the salt and the pepper brought out these amazing flavors in the cabbage. And one of my meal plan members said, like her husband looked at it and was like, no way am I gonna like this. And he said it was one of his favorite meals he's had in months. And yeah. so it's just so cool to see families try things that they never would have picked out on a blog by themselves or have thought that was you know a healthy option and then they love it and it becomes a new you know rotation in their their um their meal plan so yeah so then I'm there I'm there to support people I love educating and helping people along the way so they can reach out to me and I can answer questions about grocery shopping and products and the cooking part in the kitchen or if they are trying to um maybe they can't eat a certain you know peanuts or something so then i can offer them a swap and a recipe to a different nutrient so it's flexible that way it's it's created naturally gluten and dairy free but people can use the type of bread that they want and dairy products that they want uh, but it's written that way for individuals that i saw there was a deficit of of uh, options out there for people who are gluten and dairy free for, for health reasons. And yeah, so it's, it's super, super fun. I think the app is probably one of my favorite parts because you can just pull it up in the grocery store and have your grocery list and your plan right there for you all ready to go. Yeah. I love that. And it's so simple. And one of the things I was going to add, we were talking before we both were raised, we were both raised we just shared this um, yes. commonality between us that we were both raised on canned corn, canned peas, and canned beans. 
So if Emily and I can get to a place where we are now, where we're sharing this information, yes. I just want anyone to know that like this is absolutely doable and you can get to a place where you feel very happy with um, your relationship with food, both you know, mental and emotional relationship, as well as a practical relationship of how, how that looks and, and how it can be a happy part of your life. So before yes. we end, I love to ask the question, Will you tell us what it means to you to be a woman of wellness? I think to be a woman of wellness is, is really cutting out the clutter of what everyone else tells you you should feel, should do, should eat, should drink, whatever that is, and finding what makes you happy and makes you feel good. Um, I mean, even when it comes down to what you wear, I just I think a woman of wellness, you're going to feel the happiest and most confident when you are listening to what your own body is telling you that it needs and not letting a social media or someone you admire that's a fitness expert, you know, their habits dictate what you do, if that makes any sense. So I think it's staying true to yourself and not letting those. Um, I like to, to like to clarify the difference between being um, influenced and inspired. So, mm. are you being influenced to make these changes, or are you being inspired by someone else's lifestyle and what they're doing, and maybe the result that they got, or are you just you know trying to copycat somebody else? to look like them and to act like them, um, which that will never make you happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us where we can find you. If we want to learn more about your membership and what you teach and all of that, tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So Instagram is the best place to connect with me. So if you come over to Instagram, it's just anywhere nutrition, one word on Instagram, um, you can find, um, there's a link in my uh, profile there to get hooked up to, I have a YouTube channel, which is kind of quiet right now, but I have a free meal plan on there. So if you want to go and see what do these meal plans look like, um, you can see how clean and put together they are and how easy the recipes are to put together. Most of them are less than 30 minute recipes. Most of them are actually probably 20, 25 minute recipes to put together, which is so doable for the average person. And yeah, and you can send me a message on Instagram. I love connecting. I, so if you listen to this podcast and, and then find me on Instagram, make sure you say hello, send me a message. And uh, you could also email me at anywherenutrition at gmail.com if, if you're not someone who's on Instagram and I could send you the meal plan that way too. Wonderful. Well, Emily, thank you so much. I think we've benefited so much from your wisdom and Really, I hope this episode just helped people feel inspired. I think that was a great way to end this is, you know, to be inspired, to know that you can make some small changes that can lead to big outcomes and can support the life that you want to live. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, my friend, if you love the Women of Wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. 
If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.